1943, a Swedish chemist by the name of Albert Hoffman decides he is going to intentionally ingest a new substance that he created called LSD. And he had calculated that a threshold amount or a minimal amount uh, that he needed to ingest in order to uh, feel something from the drug would be about 0.25 milligrams. Well, as we sit here today, we know that the threshold amount is actually 0.02 milligrams, uh, which means on that uh, faded day back in 1943, uh, Al had a massive amount of LSD, more than 10 times the threshold dosage. Well, what happened that day? You're about to find out. Hey, my groovy friends, it's Joshua Roberts, attorney at law, and today we are obviously not in the home studio. Uh, we are on vacation this week down in Florida, uh, so we have the relaxed look, and it's raining this morning, so what a perfect time to come indoors and shoot a video. In today's edition of Lawyer Up, we're going to be looking at the history of LSD. We're going to look at the history of psychedelics in general, and we're going to look at the creation of LSD and the relatively quick rise and fall of the drug in the United States. Hey, if you enjoy the video today, hit that like button. If you got something to say, comment below. If you want more information about the law and topics such as these, subscribe to the channel. And as always, share me on social media. Now, when we're talking about LSD, we're talking about a psychedelic drug. And a psychedelic is actually a combination of two Greek words, meaning to reveal the mind or the soul. Now, psychedelic just is a kind of a general term given to a classification of drugs that have a hallucinogenic effect. And the definition of hallucination is having an experience involving an apparent perception of something that's not actually there. So you are hallucinating and a psychedelic drug is one that has a hallucinogenic effect on the mind. And so with psychedelics, you are seeing things and or hearing things that aren't actually there. And science uh, doesn't have a real good explanation of how this works, but they know that these psychotropic chemicals activate serotonin receptors in the mind, which modulates your sensory perception or what you see and hear. Now the effects vary based upon the psychedelic. THC is considered the most mild of all psychedelics. Some people don't even consider it a psychedelic. LSD, on the other hand, is the king of psychedelic drugs. With LSD, a common uh, sensory experience includes the warping of surfaces where walls or ceilings bend or look like they're breathing. You see the repetition of geometric shapes, which is called kaleidoscoping. Also, people have unique color perceptions where colors can swap, where all of a sudden the sky is green and the grass is blue, or people report experiencing colors they've never even seen before. Now, psychedelic drugs occur naturally and also can be synthesized or created by man. Some of those that occur uh, naturally are mescaline, which is uh, generally referred to as uh, peyote, psilocybin, which is in mushrooms or shrooms or magic mushrooms, depending upon how you refer to them, and probably the most uh, impactful or powerful uh, naturally occurring uh, substance is dimethyltryptamine, which is found in plants in the Amazon rainforest and usually infused into tea that 
people call ayahuasca. And of course, uh, THC or cannabis is a mild psychedelic. If you want to know more about uh, THC or marijuana, uh, you can look at the history of marijuana, another uh, episode on the Lawyer Up channel. Now, when we're talking about synthesized psychedelic drugs, and these are uh, drugs that have been created by man, the king is lysergic acid diethylamide, or LSD. It's generally referred to as acid on the streets. So when we're talking about naturally occurring psychedelics, archaeologists uh, have uh, documented that these have been around for centuries. Uh, they've been used by people medicinally, uh, in religious ceremonies, and also to prepare for battle. But when we're talking about man-made synthesized uh, psychedelics like LSD, they have a very short history. In fact, when we're talking about LSD, it was first created in a lab in 1938. And it starts with our uh, fellow that we talked about in the intro, Albert Hoffman. Al was a chemist working in a lab in Switzerland called Sandoz. And he was actually working on a stimulant to treat respiratory infections when he developed LSD. His lysergic acid diethylamide was actually invented in 1938, but the project was set aside for several years until Al had a chance to go back to it in 1943. And while he was working with the substance, he absorbed some of it through his fingertips and basically discovered uh, its uh, psychotropic effects. Now, Al kept a pretty detailed journey about all of his experiences over the years uh, as he uh, tested and uh, used and experimented with LSD. On this uh, first occasion, and I'll give you uh, his exact quote, he described his interactions with it as a not unpleasant, intoxicated condition characterized by a stimulated imagination. And that was just from touching it. So obviously this piqued his interest in the drug and he decided three days later he was actually going to ingest some. And so on April 19th, now that's 419, not 420 for you THC people out there, on 419 of 1943, Albert Hoffman intentionally ingests 0.25 milligrams of LSD. And he had calculated that that would be the threshold amount uh, that you have to take to have any effect or feel any effect of the drug. Well, as I told you earlier, uh, he miscalculated by about tenfold. And so he takes 0.25 milligrams when 0.02 is the actual minimal threshold. Uh, and he realizes immediately he has taken way too much. And so his initial response is, holy beep. I'll beep that out there for the kids at home, right? But anyway, Al realizes that I need to go home because some crazy stuff was happening. Fortunately, he lived close, close enough to bike home. So he jumps on his bike and he starts pedaling home. And fortunately, we know from his journals what he was experiencing on the way. As he rode across town, and I'll read you his quotes because his language is so perfect. He said he recounted seeing an uninterrupted stream of fantastic pictures, extraordinarily shaped with a kaleidoscopic play of colors. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, he said when he got home, he went inside and then he separated from his body and observed himself as he floated on his ceiling. He then decides to go outside and described what he saw as uh, his garden was jeweled with dew as if the first day of creation. 
He said the uh, effects uh, lasted about two hours uh, that day. And so April 19th of 1943 is the first day that a human took an acid trip uh, on planet Earth. Uh, this day is still celebrated in many LSD circles as Bicycle Day every April 19th. Fortunately, he had a good trip that day because you can have a bad trip. Instead of seeing cute colors or kaleidoscopic shapes, uh, your TV can turn into a spider and try to eat you. Uh, those are bad trips. Uh, you can have good ones and bad ones on LSD. So from there, Al became fascinated with this substance. And that lab, Santos Lab, effectively uh, started an open market uh, research globally. Uh, they basically would send this uh, LSD-25, is what it was called, to anybody that even remotely resembled a lab doing research uh, on this particular substance. So by 1950, LSD is all over the globe, and it's being used in clinical trials for the treatment of PTSD, anxiety, schizophrenia, uh, all types of addiction, depression, and bipolar disorder. In fact, between 1950 and 1970, uh, these years are generally considered the golden years in research in psychiatric medicine. And then the U.S. military even got in on the action. Uh, they first tried giving LSD to their own soldiers, uh, and they found out fairly quickly that a bunch of guys with machine guns running around hallucinating was not a good look. So they quickly uh, deferred away uh, from giving it to our own soldiers, and then they tried to weaponize it. They thought about maybe we could put it in the enemy's drinking water uh, to affect their behavior. Uh, but ultimately, they found out it would just take way too much of it. It got diluted in the water, uh, and its effectiveness wasn't there. Uh, so the military essentially abandoned their research of LSD. But you know who did find use for it? hippies. Somehow this LSD got out of the labs and into the hands of hippies. And in 1960, a, a man by the name of Timothy Leary, who is a clinical psychologist from Harvard, he got into the LSD world. And so, of course, a scandal erupts. You have a doctor from Harvard who's singing the praises of a drug, a psychedelic drug. Uh, so ultimately, in 1963, he gets fired from Harvard and goes on a national or global crusade promoting LSD. And the cause of this crusade was quickly picked up by the hippies. And so between 1963 and 1970, LSD erupts in popularity in the United States. Now, obviously, uh, the government wasn't too fond of this uh, counterculture movement that had adopted LSD as its pet drug. Uh, so in 1970, Congress declares LSD illegal for both medicinal purposes and recreational purposes. And this was a big deal in society, but it was a really big deal in psychiatric medicine because they had seen a lot of advances in the areas I mentioned before uh, and really saw a very significant medicinal use and purpose for LSD. So in effect, a very promising line of medical inquiry was shut down by the government. And after 1970, LSD really began a rapid decline uh, in the United States. Uh, obviously, the legitimate pharmaceutical companies and labs, they quit making it because it was illegal. And unlike a lot of other drugs, uh, LSD is very, very difficult to make in some makeshift or home lab. Usually in these history of videos, I will tell you how the uh, drug is made, but LSD is so difficult. The ingredients are very hard to source. Uh, then you basically need a chemistry degree to actually put it together. Uh, you have to do it in a lab. 
a, basically a high-tech lab. Uh, it takes about three days, and part of the process, you have to have a black room because the substance is so photosensitive that it will ruin it if you're not using it in a black room. So because it is so hard to make, it really, after 1970, uh, LSD kind of fell out of the picture. Current projections put the number of LSD labs in the United States at about 100. Uh, most of them are in Northern California. Uh, now to give you a little perspective on that, uh, in 2019, they also estimated there were about 1,500 meth labs in Missouri alone. So having only a hundred of the LSD labs uh, all across the United States is a very, very small number. Now in the late 90s, Congress did uh, deregulate LSD for medicinal purposes. So uh, the research has begun again, although there are a lot more ethical rules uh, that apply to the psychiatric research uh, now than there were uh, back in the 50s and the 60s. Uh, so the experiments that they're able to do now are not quite as creative or fun as they used to be. But the LSD that exists today is very, very potent. Uh, one gram of LSD will basically equate to about 6,000 hits. Uh, so if you're selling it for five or $10 a hit on the street, that's between $30,000 and $60,000 a gram of LSD. And interestingly, while LSD was on the decline, there was another drug, uh, another psychedelic that was emerging to take its place. And that's your methylene dioxymethamphetamine or MDMA, uh, which is called uh, on the streets, either ecstasy or molly is what the kids are calling it these days in the United States. But if you wanna know more about MDMA, and all the other psychedelic drugs, uh, just watch my video on the history of psychedelics in general because that's basically the history of LSD, the short-term rise and fall of the drug globally and in the United States. Hey, thanks for watching. If you like this episode, hit that like button. If you got something to say, comment below. If you want to learn more about this topic or any type of a history of various drugs or the law in general, subscribe to my channel. And last but not least, I always love it when you share me on social media. Again, I'm Joshua Roberts, and you've been watching Lawyer Up. Send lawyers, guns, and money. Dead, get me out of this.